listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Wednesday. One headline bigger than all the others. Clippers go down. We're going to go through it deep. What were the odds actually of this happening? Could anyone have predicted this? Hmm. Also, what are Denver's chances against the Lakers? Here comes a full hour of the Vegas Truth covering all Clippers action and more. Winner, winner, chicken dinner! This is Straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. Pay that man his money. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Live from the Vegas Strip, the pregame show America has always wanted. And now, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. Ooh-wee, what a day, what a day. You see people backtracking. They're almost tumbling over, going backwards. They could not have played D-back in the NFL, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, we got a full house here. Steve Fezzik in studio. Also, our Wednesday guest, Maddie Holt, former bookmaker. We don't hold it against him most of the time. An integrity guru at this point. Great asset to have on the show. And it really is. Listen, we got NFL talk always on Wednesday at the bottom of the hour. What we do is it's the turn of the week. Halfway through the week, we tend to look at the biggest games from or coming up. You're ready for that, right, Fed? I'm ready. Oh, but before that, this Clippers, how unlikely was it? The number's going to surprise you. It's not, it wasn't 1%. It was much, much less. He's in the top 1% of fans, in my case. Joe's. In L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we have a shocker in the NBA, some good news in college football. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? Uh, I mean, it's kind of good news. What would have been better news if they would have been ready to play weeks ago (laughs) instead of this, you know, Ivy League type. You know, you ever look in the old, in 1954, Penn won the national title going 6-0-1 kind of thing? (laughs) I'm not saying exactly that, but it's got to be the Clippers. And I want to start, I think, Jonas, with how unlikely this event really was. Yeah, it was a stunner in the bubble in Orlando. The Denver Nuggets coming back from down 3-1 in their series against the heavily favored LA Clippers 104-89 to in Game 7 last night. Denver moves on. LA is going home. So, in a moment, we're going to do a roundtable and just quickly, first impression, like, what, what is the big takeaway? But first, Steve Fezzik. He gets nervous sometimes. This guy's a talker. Oh, if he's at 7-Eleven, 
and it's him and a couple of people getting a big gulp. He'll talk your ear off. And when he's confident, oh, he sounds so articulate. But sometimes when the pressure's on, how would you characterize your response? When, like right now, when the entire country's listening and I stop talking and there's silence and you got to fill that silence, do you tend to get nervous? Yes. A little bit. Okay. What was your take on that Clippers series when it was 3-1? I believe I used the word, it's a lock. Clippers, we know the Clippers are going to win, were my exact words. And how did I respond to you that? You reprimanded me. I, I said, said, listen, it's, that's loose language. Let's quantify. You said, let's quantify exactly what the percentages are and maybe come around to, hey, there's a 5% chance. That is not a meaningless chance that the Clippers lose this series. So you might say, wait a minute, RJ, there was really a 5% chance? That's, I mean, that's a long shot, but that's not crazy. Well, let's consider this. At the low point... Of Game 5, what was it, a 19-point lead, if I remember, the Clippers? Double digits, I don't know what Well, it was much more than double. I mean, it wasn't 11 or 12. You remember, Jonas, what the top lead was in Game 5? 16 or 19. Yeah, Yeah. if 6 was 9, as Hendricks would say. So, (laughs) you're a Hendricks guy, huh? Look, you know uh, I, only, I, I know a little bit of Hendricks. I don't know a lot. Check out If 6 Was 9. Great song. All right, now, there was about a 6% chance in that game when it was they were down big of Denver even getting through Game 5. Then, once they got through Game 5, there was a 7% chance of winning from there. So, that Game 5 win, in theory, didn't really do all that much. It went from like 5% to 7%. So if you add it up at the low point when there was a timeout, the announcers are saying, well, this might be it, Fred. There was a 1 in 250 chance. (laughs) A 1 in 250 chance that Denver would advance. Whew. Those Clippers. Now, (laughs) I think it's something we can have fun with. We can say, you never, you know, there are no locks and all that. And it is important to learn that. I think the real question is, how could this have been predicted? Was there anything about this Clippers loss that you would say, huh, I saw it coming? That's what I'm going to talk about, but everyone's going to have a different impression. So let's start with Jonas, go around the horn. What was your main takeaway? My main takeaway was there was a lot of warning signs, kind of touching on what you mentioned. There were a lot of warning signs throughout the course of the season that for whatever reason, myself included, I think people just ignored. They just said, nah, but the talent's too good and they've got too much there and it's Kawhi Leonard. And if you just paid close enough attention, they behaved like a team that had won a title before and could just turn it on and off whenever they want. And they hadn't won any Thing. And this is their first year together. Majority uh, of their or their starting lineup had never played together before. You had new pieces. You had new pieces you brought in during the season. And for whatever reason, they just thought that they could flip the switch, whatever. And the warning signs were there throughout that it wasn't going to work out that way. And I, I would make the following point. When there is a team that's won it multiple times, it does carry themselves that way. They tend to suffer, too. Meaning, look at the Lakers when they had won three in a row with Kobe and Shaq, and then they had that fourth one against the Pistons, if I recall, and they got swept in that series? 1-4. It was 1-4? And so to me, the idea of anyone, because if you watch The Last Dance, and again, they have that access to one of the greatest winners that have ever walked the earth, Michael Jordan. 
We can debate whatever you want. He was, he he did and still does. It seems burns fire to win. Now, does that extend to being an owner? He's not able to make it happen at minimum. But man, you cannot watch that when the guy was, you know, in his mid thirties last year or so. At the time, the assumption was they had won five titles. Pippen, you could make the case, had you know given up on the team in a way by saying, I'm going to get a surgery at a different time so I don't have to play some of these games. Did Jordan say, who cares? We can still win as a sixth seed? No. He did what he had to do in a way that it hurt him in the playoffs. But he couldn't establish losing as okay. And all the talk show guys who want to say, well, with Pat Beverly in and the wind blowing from the south, and if it's above 80 degrees but not 100 degrees, the Clippers are unbeatable. That actually sounded just like him. <laughs> and you can get here and theorize yourself into oblivion. You either win or you lose. And the best way to win is to get or to learn to win is to win. Think about the great football coaches, the greats. Is Belichick, is he indifferent to games that maybe don't mean as much? No, he tends to care about every game. Why habits form? I still think the greatest example of this, the Giants, Patriots, undefeated year for the Patriots, Week 17, Giants and Patriots playing. They had no idea they would play in the Super Bowl. The Giants were locked in as a wild card at that point. They weren't changing their slot. They were locked in. And they played one of the great games in NFL history, in my opinion, for the Patriots to win the game. But the Giants played so hard. And I strongly believe the Giants would not have won that Super Bowl six weeks later if it wasn't for that effort. Does anyone disagree with that? We all remember that game. Steve, you're nodding on radio. I agree, and I'm thinking about how the Clippers just didn't take these games seriously. Think about it. They had five players that were missing at some point from the Orlando bubble. and Well, when you're great, you, you flip the switch. You didn't know about flipping the switch? Well, they flipped the switch, all right. They just flipped it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was an interesting line from yesterday that I... Yeah, it's good. You Now, do you attribute those, or how's that work? I just steal. Yeah, you do in that case? <laughs> but even, even when you're right in front of the guy... <laughs> did the line? I mean, you listened to the show yesterday, right? I did. And you heard that, right? I did. And you figured, just look me in the eyes and use my line. It was so good. Hmm. That's Steve Fezzik. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn his mic off for two minutes. <laughs> Two-minute penalty, minor. Say something, Steve. Hello? See? Hello? It's like you don't exist. Matty Holt, what did you think about the game? Oh, you know, we always talk about the NBA now, how you need those two stars to win a championship. It's no longer just about that main star, but also your secondary star. And I thought Paul George as that oh. number two star. I mean, shooting less than star, 40%. Star. What? Star. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. But I mean, what was supposed to be that number two star, at least? I mean, over three turnovers a game, shooting less than 40% from the field. The big disappointment for me uh, throughout the entire series was Paul George. No doubt. And listen, we were on this. I mean, there's just no way around it. Oh, Steve, what do you think of what Matt said? I, I agree with it, yes. Can you, you can't hear him. Nothing. Hey! Are you ready to get serious? Yes, I am. Apologize, everyone, for stealing my line. I apologize for stealing RJ's switch line, and and you know why I'm so upset about it is we got sound from yesterday we're going to play uh, that's going to sound redundant. Uh, you, but Jonas, what should we do with this guy? 
Oh, it's Steve Fezzik. Come on. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a national treasure. We, we gotta... <laughs> you know something? His love for you saves you sometimes. He really is fond of you. I, I mean, he hasn't. You guys, have you ever met? Yeah, you've met. Don't spend much time with him, Steve. Because if he gets to really know you, that's over. And Jonas is like my only really cool friend in the entire <laughs> right. world. Right, yeah. Well, when you have three friends, I mean, whatever. All right, so let's do this. I do want to play this sound. And, I, you know, you could make the case, oh, this is, you know, we were right in bragging. And there is some of that for sure. But some of it really is about this was predictable. So this was yesterday, and we had talked at length about how much we hated this flip the switch, that it just doesn't result in a good thing. People used to talk about Popovich. He always did things, resting players, to be ready for the finals. What the Clippers did, I think Kawhi usually does things to be ready for the finals. The rest of the Clippers, they didn't get the memo. Let's see what we said yesterday. It's hard to look at the Clippers and say, I want to live my life like the Clippers play basketball. I don't. And thus, I'm not a fan. And I know unequivocally, because tonight, even as a seven and a half point favor, they have a 23% chance to lose this game. And that's because they're flipping the switch. Well, it might be off. It's about a quarter chance. It's going off tonight. It's a lot easier to say it after the fact, Steve, by the way. (laughs) We were on this... I think there's one more thing that really we just got to fully comprehend, which is how big of an upset this was. Yeah, it was 250 to one in game five at the low point. But really, what does it say about the Clippers? And Bill Simmons is an NBA guy. It's what he does. It's what's in his heart. And I take his NBA very seriously. Him and Rosillo was talking about this after the game. And if you listen, it's like, wow, we're talking historic stuff. We've never seen a team roll over in a game seven like this. It was a submission. It was not only are we losing, but we've, we're actually giving up. And you're going to watch us on live television as we throw shots against the backboard, as we give up wide open threes, as we do dumb coaching decisions that we're just never going to change our dumb strategy that's not working. That's never happened in one of these collapse series. I'm just telling you, we've never seen a team visibly roll over like that. And they should be embarrassed. We were watching a team walk to its own funeral. I would say it's one of the more disgusting efforts I've seen from a basketball team. And Mm. I don't know how you argue against that. Strong words. I think they're appropriate. Any closing thoughts on this? 33 points in the second half. Game seven for the Clippers, 35 points in their second half. Game six. Wow, they just didn't show up. Game six and seven, second half. Jonas, I thought he was going to say Giants win the pennant. Giants win. The, I mean, do you ever just lift calls like you know, like uh, Ben Scully type stuff? Just read it verbatim. <laughs> no, that yes. take that take a little bit of work. Yeah. All right. When we come back, what are the odds of Denver doing it again? It was history, literally, to come back from three one twice. It's never happened before. Now the Lakers. What are the odds? That's coming up next, but first straight out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to get what you need when you need it with their free same-day pickup. You can place your order online and grab what you need today at more than 5,700 AutoZone locations in-store curbside. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, he's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back at an epic collapse by the L.A. Clippers in the NBA bubble. And what a day to join the show. Bottom of the hour, we're looking at the three big games coming up this weekend. It's when we turn the corner on the week and start looking forward. We also got the odds on this Lakers-Denver series. It's a shocker in a way compared to some of the earlier Lakers odds. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Our audience has doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for that. And we promise, guarantee, best football season yet. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas, right here in Vegas, on the strip, 103 degrees. It's almost October. 103 degrees. The neon is chugging. So, RJ, we continue to take a look back at the historic upset of the L.A. Clippers up 3-1 in their series against the Denver Nuggets. They lose three straight, including Game 7 last night, 104-89. to Denver moves on. Now we look at the Lakers, Denver. Odds are right now minus 550. So if you like the Lakers, you got to bet 550 to win 100. In a minute, we're going to look at the implied percentages on that. The implied percentages. Be, oh, you got those, Stephen? 83% Lakers. So, 83% chance the Lakers beat Denver. Still, not a ton of respect for Denver. The only team ever to come back from down 3-1 twice in a playoff. By the way, for the Doc Rivers haters out there, no player or coach, coach, no coach has ever lost more than one series up 3-1, Doc's third. I mean, wow. It kind of reminds me of this Denver stat in the NFL. So Fangio has lost 10 games out of, I guess, 17 now. And four of those have been in the last 30 seconds. The lead swung. In that time of 17 games, Matty Holt, who loves the lines, oh my God, does he love the lines, <laughs> they had the lines during that time of done it twice, right? Okay, no other team more than once. So literally, no team has lost the lead in the last thirty seconds more than one time in the last seventeen games. Just you know, there's everyone's been one or zero. Detroit twice, and Denver four times. Wow, could be a coincidence. Not but, if you saw that clock management. But the, but Fangio was initially explaining after the game why he did it. And then later he said, you know, actually, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thinking about defense. So how did you explain <laughs> what was happening after the game? And oh, by the way, Big Ten, how is it that you were telling us, oh, this decision has been made. There's no scenario could change. And now it's changed. <laughs> At some point, we as people got to stop accepting lying because we kind of shrug and go, yeah, of course he's going to lie. If there was a real consequence to lying, people wouldn't lie as much. And I'm talking about media. I'm talking about, I'm not saying there should be a law against it. I'm saying we should not accept it. Jonas, let me ask you, you're, you're a weird combination of realistic, but you're kind of 
a believer. Like you believe, but you're a realist. Most people are either cynical or naive. When you hear the Big Ten, everyone just lying through their teeth. How, do you just shrug and say, of course? And yeah. is there any way for us to stop it? <laughs> I, I just think, uh, I believe when somebody tells me something, especially in a press conference or in a news release, I, part of me it instantly goes to, all right, th- that's crap. I mean, and I just, I don't know what you do about it because there's enough people that buy into it and and run with the story. And as long as it fits whatever they wanted, especially with what happened with the Big Ten, then they're comfortable going with it. But now you see them all backtrack and they come back around and say, oh, we've got this figured out and that figured out. (laughs) To me, there's so many questions into why did you now make this decision when maybe you made the decision too early and then why is it still so far away from the season starting? It's just, it's very bizarre, the entire handling of it. And in a way, I can accept people making mistakes. I can accept people having agendas. I just even wonder now if they sit in the meetings, strategy meetings and say, you know, we we said something otherwise earlier. Maybe we should address that. <coughs> it's probably like them just laughing, going, ah, of course we lie. Like I don't even think people even think about that anymore. Right. And to me, you know, coming from an industry that lying was just the standard, and one of the ways we really try to differentiate ourselves at pregame.com, and we still do, is not lying. Like that simple thing. We're going to tell you the truth. You know, we're going to tell you the truth in a way that makes us look good. Meaning, if I get an A and a B. I didn't get a lot of Bs, but if I got an A and a B like Fez, let's say, you got a lot of Bs, right, Fez? 3.6. Yeah, not, yeah that's not good. <laughs> it, it, you would say, if I said, how'd you do? You'd say mostly A's. Whenever someone says mostly A's, it means maybe it was 3-2 <laughs> to two in that direction. Maybe. And I get that. I accept that. But the plain lying, uh, there's only been thir- <laughs> Doc Rivers. 13 NBA teams have ever blown a 3-1 lead. Doc has coached three of the 13 could be a coincidence. Last thing about the NBA. We said it here. In fact, Jones, we haven't prepped this. I'm just going to, you're like the guy that when you say we did say it, people trust you. Well, I think we're trusted in general, but we were talking a ton about how the bubble was going to cause high variance and that the chance of a long shot doing well is so much higher this playoffs than typical NBA playoffs. Would you agree to that? Yeah, we talked about that before the playoffs started. Now, when you say we, you mean like you and, and us? Of, straight out of Vegas. Oh, they, yeah. see, I love that. It's <laughs> I mean, all of the show. It's a team. He's putting his arms around it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, when you guys win a bet, I want a bet, even if I didn't bet. <laughs> what about when we bet each, against each other, though? That's all me. I lost. <laughs> so check this out. Entering the bubble, Denver was 30-1. to 1. To win the title, Boston was eighteen to one. Miami was forty to one. This is entering the bubble, and Lakers were one of the three big favorites with Milwaukee and the Clippers. I mean, listen, does that bode? Just gut feeling, Steve. We're talking to Steve Fezzik. Does that make you think? Let's fade the. Lakers here, not so much against Denver or whomever, but you think, hey, the randomness is big. Maybe there's a chance for one more big favorite to go down. Yes, because clearly the marketplace did not get it right. They didn't adjust for the fact there's so much uncertainty with those five months off with all these, the big two of the big three are already gone and we're in the semis. Yeah, it could be the five months off. It could be the, I think it's more the bubble than the Mm -hmm. time off myself. Now, Matty Holt, usintegrity.com, that's about 
finding game fixes, finding games that are corrupt. What's your belief, and we can say allegedly or whatever you need to say, about the NBA and they, their desire, let's say, to have the Lakers make the finals? I know serious handicappers that will tell me, hey, so-and-so, if they lose this game, it's a big problem for the NBA financially. I'm not betting against them. And David Stern, during that era, there was certainly a sense that the referees were maybe handpicked for a certain result because they had a certain style of calling the game. Do you believe that's something in any league? You know, maybe we'll make it more abstract for you. Do you believe that's a consideration a better should have? No, I think it's something that the leagues are very much aware of. They're aware of the optics of it. And look, the NBA's put Scott Foster in very much key Houston Rockets game, despite the fact that he's had such um, kind of abrasive issues with James Harden in the past because he grades out so effectively. And the amount of monitoring that they do as well, not just in independent integrity firms like myself, but that the NBA does in monitoring these officials in close games and games that are close to the spread and key decisions. While the optics aren't always great, we look at every play under a microscope now in sports. I do agree that I think especially professional sports has the highest level of integrity it's ever had amongst officials. Tim Donahue was about a dozen years ago. At the time, how would you characterize, and you were in the business at that time, right, as a bookmaker, correct? Yes. Is How would you characterize the amount of scrutiny an NBA game is under when it comes to an official doing something shady back at the end of the Donahue Ray or time versus today? Uh, significantly less now. I mean, there oh, was. I'm saying how much scrutiny. So there'd be a lot more scrutiny now, you're a saying? A lot more scrutiny now, yes. But, but by a factor of double, of triple? I think it's like 5x. Five times as much scrutiny. Because of the amount of money, resources, time, and effort that the NBA itself is putting into ensuring on their side, hiring firms like myself, they really want to make sure they're doing it right. And that's something Commissioner Stern really realized at the time. If they think these games aren't on the up and up, what do we got? Right? What do you, I mean, wrestling does what they do as drama. The worst that Lee could ever have is both be mostly legit but be perceived as not. Because then you can't actually make it very interesting, like wrestling can, but you have the perception that it's not legit. So, well, this is going to be a fascinating series with the Lakers. And boy, if you think back to Denver and the fact that the first game was almost a giveaway because they were so tired, it was a heck of an accomplishment winning this series. You know something? We actually got some sound. You know, earlier in the show, Fez... He used, uh, he listened to the show yesterday on his day off. I had, I thought, a good line. And literally, before I got a chance to speak, Fez used the line with no irony, no smile. He got some scrutiny for that. Someone sent in during the break, he said, This is what Fez is going to say next. Is it, do we recognize it? Steve, that's interesting. That's the, your voice doesn't sound quite the same. Guilty. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
This is RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, RJ, week two of the NFL kicks off tomorrow. It is a battle of Ohio, the Bengals and the Browns right now on pregame.com. Cleveland is a six-point favorite. In a way, you could say, P.U., what a game. P.U. This is a game, literally, maybe one of the most important for the Browns in years. They start 0-2, lose Mayfield against the new quarterback in the division, the, the, another number one pick, tough games ahead. Whew. Fez, thoughts? I want to bet against both teams, RJ. Stefanski up against it, brand new head coach. You love the Browns in week one. Horrible performance. and Your pick was horrible, but go ahead. No, no doubt. So I don't want any part of the Browns, but rookie quarterback Burrow, and he did not look ready to go over through two guys. Wow, now a lot of people calling specifically was saying, boy, given the givens, he was impressed with Burrow. You weren't. I was not. So I want to bet against both teams. That has me passing the game. Maddie, really? I think I think we should expect that this game is going to have plenty of points. A low total of forty three. So four. you're saying low total forty three, but you expect more scoring? A lot more scoring. Why? Well, four cornerbacks out for, or at least questionable right now for the Cleveland Browns, including Greedy Williams and Kevin Johnson. That secondary is going to be decimated. They're missing two linebackers, and this is an offense I expect to rebound because Baker Mayfield, when he's gotten way down in games, hasn't been a good come from behind rally the team guy. This is a spot where they're actually favored. I think he'll come out stronger on offense and on defense. They are decimated right now. The thing that concerns me about scoring is Browns have two new starters on the O-line. Now, I believe they will do well over time. It takes a while for these O-lines to become cohesive. So I almost like, and I will say it tomorrow officially, but I lean Bengals here because if the Browns have trouble on defense and offense, that doesn't bode well for a favorite, especially under pressure. Mayfield hasn't shown us he loves pressure. And remember, they got to decide to pick up the fifth-year option to him this offseason. They may not. So, RJ, now we've got a couple of oh, best yeah, bets. You, yeah, yeah, let's go into the best bets first. And, uh, Fez, why don't you start? All right, Jets plus seven against San Francisco. I really like this bet. The 49ers, huge problems at receiver. Remember, they were like the 49ers. Hey, you saw they signed Sanu, right? Yeah, they just signed Sanu, <laughs> and he wasn't any good with New England, frankly. But bottom line is, 49ers were, were light at receiver to start the year, so they lost Samuels. And now Samuel is out. Ayuk, the rookie, I don't know if he's going to play. And they're t- What's his dude's name? Ayuk at Arizona State. Got a nice anti-toko umpo. And their tight end Kittle got hurt hurt at the end of the first half, didn't play the second half. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. If he plays, won't be effective. And what do the Jets do? What do they do well, RJ? I they don't know. S- they stuff the run. <laughs> They're bad against the pass. So San Francisco isn't going to be able to run against the Jets, and Ooh. they've got no one to throw to. Matchup edge, I like the Jets, plus seven. Now, this is an early line mover for you, which means in historically now for two years, you've won these bets, and the line has moved in your favor, I guess you'd call it. So it, you want to bet this now. Yes, lock in the plus seven. Because over time, it will tend to go down because you predict it and you're very good, all joking aside, at predicting line moves. I can't bet on, hey, he's still got mono, man. It's still <laughs> in him. I can't bet on Darnold. I hear you, though. Matty Holt, you got 30 seconds because it's UFC. 
but you love this bet. I do, and I'm only looking to the UFC for this reason. With no Pac-12 and no Mountain West football, the new bailout instead of Hawaii is UFC main events and co-main events on Hold Saturday on a nights. Second. We don't think about bailouts. That's an old school <laughs> mentality that you're down 400 bucks. You don't want to pay the bookie, so you bet <laughs> 350 on the last game on the board. But the betters like that, the bailouts. That, that's the old bookie mentality. Cockroaches. <laughs> but still, give it to us. I'm going with under one and a half rounds in the co-main event. Fan favorite Donald Cowboy Cerrone taking on Nico Price. Nico Price has never gone to the judges' scorecards once in his entire UFC career. The one thing Cowboy Cerrone has built his brand around is exciting fights. Seven of his last eight wins by finish. This one, you should expect fireworks early. Someone's going down in round one. Under one and a half rounds, minus 105. Jonas is a true betting expert at UFC and UFC alone. What do you think, Jonas? Uh, Cowboy Cerrone's a bit of a slow starter. That's been the knock on him throughout the course of his career, but he looked really bad against Conor McGregor last time out. He's going to want to make a statement. I actually kind of like the under in that as well, too, which is bad news for Matty Holt. (laughs) (laughs) Not in the UFC, it's not. It (laughs) is not. You're self-deprecating. Here's what I'll say. If you you lose against McGregor, that's going to be a loss. The more people are going to register than anything else. So, I mean, would you say that his standing, has, this cowboy dude's standing has dropped significantly off that line? He fought since then. He actually fought Anthony oh, that's Showtime right. Pettis right. since that's that right. fight, so he's yeah. not just off the McGregor loss. Oh, he was he was looking at you when you were giving your analysis, Jonas, saying, <laughs> boy, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. That's and right. And then, then he smiled real wryly to say, oh, okay, I'm going to be able to slip this in there. Every every Wednesday, Matty Holt here, it's a great addition. And Fez, uh, tomorrow we might get you in, huh? Because oh, man. it's a, a big. Th- I mean, if you work four days in one week, your eye, you might get wrinkles. But we'll we'll have you <laughs> in. We'll be back tomorrow with you.